Welcome back to Pagan Spirituality Today. This is episode number 3, 2011. As always, I am your host, Kveldrda. Today is Monday, October the 24th, 2011. This entire year has completely slipped away from Oni and I. I cannot believe it is a week from Samhain. We have not done any decorating. We just were discussing our Samhain plans this weekend. The year has completely flown by. So here I am at the microphone, getting out my Samhain show. A lot of stuff has been going on around the farm. We are entering our 11th month here on the farm. I have a bit of a cold, by the way. Sounds like I have a frog in my throat. Bear with me on that. So winter is approaching here in Virginia, and we have been building new chicken coops. We just put up a goat fence, and we need to build a goat house. We need to build a couple of more chicken coops. There is a lot of things we need to do as winter is approaching to button down everything here at the farm. And for those of you who are listening outside of Virginia, I know people listen all over the United States, Europe, and other places. In this part of Virginia, the daily average temperature is about 68 degrees, so we're not in a cold period yet. In the evenings, it's in the high 40s or low 50s. Very, very wet at night. But other than that, we have not reached any real point of cold weather yet. We have a couple more weeks before we really have to worry about that, which is a very good thing for us. I have not been working a lot these last couple of months, but things will definitely pick up around Thanksgiving. So we have probably three, four more weeks to get any building projects done before we need to snug everybody in for the relatively short winter that we experience here. At this time of year, most people are reducing their chicken flocks and their goat herds and whatnot to avoid feeding so many animals through the winter. What we have discovered is that animals are very cheap at this time of year, and some are even free, so we keep increasing all of our flocks and herds and whatnot. It will be a little more money to feed them over the winter, and perhaps we will feel that we've made a mistake later, but right now this seems like the thing to do. Strike when the iron's hot, you know? We have about 40 chickens now, um, about 12 pigeons. We just got a pheasant. Our peacock actually did die about a week ago. He caught some kind of a disease that we're not really sure what it was, and he got very lethargic and stopped eating and uh, just didn't make it. But the peahen is still with us. The guineas are still going strong. We got a new goat this week whose name is Jack. He's a neutered boy. He's about three and a half years old. He is the fattest four-legged creature I have ever seen in my life. His owner treated him kind of like a dog and not like a goat and unknowingly overfed him about three times the normal rations for nearly his entire life. We call him Fat Jack, and we'll be posting a picture of him on the uh, Facebook fan page. He looks a lot like an old-style ottoman, or a very short loveseat. He is enormous, but he's also very gentle and very sweet, and it is for him we needed to build the pen. His former owner 
was not comfortable with him being put on like a dog lead when it was grazing time, so we made a pen for him so he does not need to be on a lead. As the pen space expands, eventually all the goats will live in there, but we are basically on our farm controlled chaos uh, pretty much from the day we moved here until now. We would like to believe sometime next spring the chaos will be primarily controlled, but who knows? We're just doing the best we can with scrap wood and other recycled materials. We've bought almost nothing in the material sense other than some fencing. So we spend a lot of time scavenging wood and looking for plywood. It is kind of a second job, really, to get a farm up and running if you don't have the money to buy first-rate materials. All in all, our little farm is coming together. We are having a difficult time monetarily, so Oni has gone back to work. She starts a new job today. It's part-time for a local grocery store. Definitely not something she's that excited about, but it will bring in some money. And she does have a better job in the works. She does not know that she'll be accepted. She's applied. She's going through a lengthy interview process. She hopes very much, as do I, that that will come through. But we won't know for at least three weeks, possibly longer. My work, as I said, should be picking up as we get to Thanksgiving for the Christmas rush, but it will taper off again pretty quickly after the first of the year, so I am also looking for other work, see if I can find something more consistent. Nonetheless, we are getting by. My birthday was last week. I turned 43. We didn't really do much. There is a place, uh, it's a chain place here in Virginia. They make their own ice cream from scratch. We very much enjoy going there. And I got a coupon for my birthday for a free cone. So we went there on my birthday. Other than that, there's not a lot going on with us other than the nonstop farm work. We are pretty excited about the fall, although in some ways fall seems like it's almost over and we're turning the corner to winter already. We have not even put up any Samhain or Halloween decorations. We were so taken off guard by this month simply vanishing on us that uh, it's been pretty shocking. We are going to go to a Samhain event next Saturday held by some friends. Then we will also be having our own ancestor type event on November 5th. We're hoping that people will be free the weekend after. It's not so much a Samhain in the traditional turning of the wheel sense per se. It's just an ancestor honoring day. And we're going to do some divination, maybe have a little bit of a party afterwards. We think it's going to be fun time. We are already thinking about Yule. Since Samhain came up on us so quickly, I am sure once Samhain is over, we're going to again start ignoring the calendar, and Yule will be upon us before we know it. So we're trying to think about how we're going to deal with that this year, what we would like to do, etc. Oh, and one other thing, kind of big news, we are going to start our own pagan meetup group at some point. I'm not exactly sure if that will be before or after the holiday. But the focus of this group, unlike many other groups that we know, will be workshops and activities. There will be occasionally some social events, but primarily it will be a workshop and activities group. 
I miss doing things with other people. Not necessarily ritualing, but classes about things, or what Oni and I used to call field trips, where you might go to a haunted location, or go to visit another group of magical people and talk to them about what's going on where they are. Activities that bring people together and bond them in a way into a working group, more than just a social group. There are plenty of other social opportunities here in the Richmond area, and sometimes we avail ourselves of them, but that's not my primary interest. I more think of the social activities as a way of getting people to know each other better and be more comfortable with each other so you can get to the magical work, the workshops, the exercises, that sort of thing. And around here, groups don't ever seem to transition to that next step. It, it begins as social, and it remains social throughout the group's entire existence. And I'm simply not as interested in that. So we have decided to take the bull by the horns, as it were, and make in this city what we would like to see in this city. We had hoped that would not be necessary. Richmond is a fairly large pagan community. It's a fairly large city. About a million people between the you know, outlying environs. We thought we would not have to run the kind of activities that we want to participate in, but it turns out we do. So we are accepting that now, and probably will be moving forward with that at the latest in January, but I'd like to get started sooner. We'll see. Our third week of September, I believe it was, we had an end-of-summer party and ritual at the house. It was well-attended. I think we had about 15 people here. There was a lot of kids. It was a family-type event. It was pretty enjoyable. We had really nice weather for it, eventually. It was quite cloudy in the morning and rained for a while, but we eventually broke out the Kube set. If you don't know what that is, look it up. K-U-B-B, the greatest outdoor game ever. We saw a lot of friends, Fox and Arrowind from Pagan Parents on the Edge were here with their kids and some other folks that we've known for a very long time, plus some of our newer Richmond friends made the event. It was a good day. Well, I'm sure that's more than enough of an update. So let me go on to talking about Samhain, uh, the topic of today's show primarily. This is the time of year where most of us are thinking about those who have passed on if we are not, in fact, thinking about the actual act of death or the fact that we ourselves will die, we are at least acknowledging that other people we know have died and reaching out to them a little bit, showing our affection for them through this holiday. In my opinion, Samhain has always been, and I cringe to use this term, the most witchy of all the Sabbaths, the one in which candles and specific lighting and ambiance fit best. I think that has something to do with the fact that it's a darker part of the year. I'm sure the American idea of the celebration of Halloween has in some way or another affected how I think about Samhain and the visual interest that we have at Samhain. I'm sure that's been true for many people. What I find most interesting about Samhain in general is that it's one of the few times of the year that if you talk about death or the idea of dying, people are a little more accepting of it at Samhain 
whether that's an intellectual acceptance or people feeling as though, well, it's sound and, and we're supposed to talk about that sort of thing. And they put their personal discomfort on the back burner just a little bit, more than they would the rest of the year. And for me, that provides a little bit of an opportunity. And I'll tell you why. Having my mother die when I was so young, but old enough to be aware of the concept of death, my desire to learn about the metaphysical and spiritual mysteries associated with death began very, very early. There's a long, long tradition in occultism around the world to learn about life, to learn about different aspects of how the universe works through death. But it's not something that modern people generally do. It's fairly well shunned upon. Really, one of the things that drew me to modern paganism was the idea that you could choose to investigate the mysteries of death and at least intellectually not be an outcast. In real life, to some degree, you still are an outcast. It's an uncomfortable thing that people rarely want to talk about, much less think about in any sort of personal way. Now, before I go on, lest you think I'm a morbid person or I think about my own death constantly, I don't. I almost never do. I'm relatively comfortable with the whole idea of my cessation. However, that was not always true. When I was a kid, sometimes a feeling of panic would come over me when it was bedtime, and I imagined if I fell asleep, I would die, and I wouldn't wake up. And I spent many, many nights as a younger kid unable to sleep because of that fact. For me, investigating death in a way that demystified it a little bit, but at the same time respected and investigated the spiritual and metaphysical mysteries of death was extraordinarily helpful. It has made me be a much more peaceful, happy, and believe it or not, light-hearted person. It would be hard for me to explain why that's true, but there is no doubt that it is true for me. As I've said many times, for Oni and I, every day is Ancestor Day, 365 days of the year. We still honor our ancestors on Samhain, but in a way we honor them on every Sabbath. We honor them in between Sabbaths. So Samhain has taken on a bit of a different feeling for us. Also, I would remind you that primarily I'm a shaman, although I put things on that shamanism that might cause you to call it eclectic Norse or cause you to call it some other identifier, but at my core, I am a shaman. My acts of spirituality are primarily about journeying or discovering parts of myself, parts of the universe, etc., experiencing those things in a direct way. I don't do a lot of symbolic ritual. Generally, the only time we do symbolic rituals when we have friends over so that there is something we can all focus on and share and experience together. If I do activities on my own or with Oni, we do something very different than the kind of group ritual that you would normally see. 
one of the ways that it's different is sometimes in a group ritual you invite or invoke certain gods or spirits and everyone feels their presence to some degree you accept that they're there and then you go on with whatever it is you had to say or wanted to do for oni and i when we are doing ritual just for ourselves the inviting or invoking of our spirits is the beginning generally like everyone else but we don't move on to any other part of the ceremony until we feel like those spirits are so close to us or capable at that point of entering into us that we can have direct experience and have a conversation with them and do some form of activity directly with them where they are an active participant sometimes the spirits don't show up sometimes they have other things they're doing sometimes we have to wait a while or call a number of times or we ourselves cannot calm down to get into the right space for that sort of thing but we are not calling them in a general way and then assuming their presence we are calling them solely to have direct experience with them the whole point of talking to them is that we're doing something together something that we feel in the moment is happening with spirit a or spirit b whoever that might be which is why i call it primarily shamanic in nature i want to back up for a minute uh and i want to talk about kind of my progression from getting to a white suburban normal child absolutely petrified of death but fascinated with it at the same time to where i am now and i will do this briefly when i started looking into occult things probably when i was 12 or 13 tarot cards were the first thing i got into and then i started reading about ghosts and poltergeists were a particular subject of interest for me i don't know how many books i've read on poltergeists and ghosts at this point but it's a lot anyhow i knew that i was different than other people when i would talk to my friends at school or just anyone in general would talk about the idea of death or what do you think happens when you die other than getting the standard religious answer since most of my friends were christian of some form or another no one ever wanted to talk about this no one found this interesting at all and most people seem to be really quite shaken at the idea that you would want to talk about it so for years i wouldn't say anything to anyone when i got into my teens and i would go to parties at about 2 a.m when everybody was a little or in some cases a lot drunk and sitting around it seemed like you could interject something about the occult or the afterlife and get an actual conversation going but what i remember in my pre-pagan years the only time i had good conversations about these things with the exception of one close friend of mine who was willing to at least entertain certain ideas was when people had been drinking i probably am a little too old to have known any quote goth people when i was in school maybe it just came late to northern suburban new jersey i'm not sure but when i got to college i met people that were into a particular kind of aesthetic a certain moroseness the smiths and morrissey and a kind of a goth aesthetic maybe not quite what we would call goth today and i thought aha these are the people that are wondering about the mystery of death as well because they 
had a tendency to say things that sounded like they were interested in that. They all read Edgar Allan Poe and other Gothic American and English writers of the Victorian age. So I tried to make some friendships with folks from that group. First of all, I look completely boring, middle-class white guy. I always have. So that was kind of a barrier. But once I was able to get some people to talk to me, I found that their aesthetic, generally speaking, and I'm not saying every person on the face of the earth is this way, but the aesthetic was just that. It was an aesthetic. They weren't actually interested in these things, certainly not from a spiritual point of view. And I was pretty upset by that for a while. I thought this was the one group of people that might actually share my interest in the spirituality of this sort of topic. Fast forward a couple of years, I'm a pagan living in Virginia. I'm fairly open about it. I'm meeting other pagans. And I noticed, maybe this is just me, but in the mid to late 90s, I met a lot of people who said that they were dedicated to or interested in death gods and goddesses, gods of destruction or battle or decay. And I want to be careful here not to say derogatory things because I'm not questioning whether those folks were dedicated to those gods. However, being so dedicated to them did not come with any interest in the mysteries of death or the metaphysical and spiritual realities of those energy transitions, etc. Again, I thought I'd found people who had an interest in the core of these matters, learning about life through the transition, death, life, birth, all being part of a cycle, being part of a, a complete story. But it seemed like it just wasn't true. Now fast forward another 10 years or so, I am much more comfortable with what I know and what I experience. And I have found a couple of people that are interested in these things, that, that do not immediately have a knee-jerk panic about the very idea of it. But overall, we're still a very death-phobic culture. And I guess as I've gotten older, I've come to accept that it is what it is, but I have never come to understand quite why particularly in a country that is primarily Christian, where that theology teaches that death is actually the best thing that's going to happen to you because you're going to a place of perfect love and perfect harmony, death should not hold such a tremendous fear for people, yet it does. So take all of that history and fast forward to today. Samhain has become, for Oni and I, even more, in particular, myself, a different kind of a Sabbath. It's about the veil between all things. There is, of course, a veil between the living and the dead, but there is also a veil between the conscious and the unconscious, the known and the unknown, the light and the dark. Sound has become about piercing that other side of whatever veil you are standing in front of, that for the most part, People leave alone the rest of the year. Most people do not plumb their, quote, shadow self. They do not plumb the depths of their own negative emotions. And I don't mean act those emotions out. I mean simply examine them, put a light on them to figure out what they are and why they operate the way they do. Oni and I feel like this 
fall period around sound going into the winter is the right time to do that kind of work i'm not sure why exactly something internally just feels as though this is the time you pull aside all the veils in life all the different curtains that partition one thing from another one from its polar opposite and for us for some time now Samhain has really been that marker point the time to look inward the time to gather strength for a difficult winter and the time to peek into the dark places that in the light of litha summer solstice you would never think to look at for us Samhain has not become a day not even so much a season but a marking point where the internal and the external change the balance we are less externally focused from the point of Samhain all the way into january february the second in bulk something like that of course we're doing other things i don't mean we're entirely internally focused but our focus is much more internal than it is the rest of the year which to some extent even i find it difficult to be very internally focused in the middle of july when the sun is up till 10 o'clock at night and you're out doing things all the time and i feel like i'm an extremely internally focused person anyway it just seems easier to do this time of year there's something strange and i this sounds ridiculous but there's something about having to put on layers of clothes and turn your lights on earlier at night that reminds me okay there's two sides to every coin there's two sides wherever there's a curtain there's two partitioned realities by the by maybe i should look at what's behind the curtain in whatever way uh or whatever area that i'm thinking about at that time we also feel that Samhain or the time of year that surrounds it is kind of a cue to slow down a little bit and i know you're thinking well thanksgiving is coming up and then christmas and i have the holiday season i'm very busy and i'm rushing around i understand all of that but i also feel like you are missing something if you don't a couple of nights a month make some effort to slow down the pace of your life and change your focus a little bit one of the ways we do that is several nights a month after Samhain we will try to turn all or nearly all of the electric lighting off we'll have the television off we'll turn the computer off we will have candlelight or maybe some oil lanterns or something we will spend time focusing on each other maybe even reading a book but we don't do anything that is meant to distract us from the fact that it's dark and that it's cold we pay more attention to those things by slowing down by turning off the electronic media in the house and the lights we find we allow our minds and our souls to ease down to a level of awareness we do not normally exist upon we don't force it down we just remove the distractions and just sit with it 
and eventually, after an hour or so, we start having conversations we've been meaning to have for months and never had, or we get involved in activities that we generally would not do. It is a slow, easing process. But once or twice a month during these fall and winter months, we have found very good results with this. And I wonder if any of you are interested in trying this and give it a shot, I would really like to know how that went for you, what the response from your body and your mind and your soul was to that allowing things to slow and to settle. If, that, if you do that, if you try it out, uh, send me an email, let me know what went on. Speaking of which, I have gotten a couple of really great emails in the last month or so, but I'm not getting a lot. I know you folks are busy, I know other stuff is going on, but if you've been meaning to write, I'd really like to hear what you have to say. You will help keep the show on track, you will help keep me motivated and excited, so go ahead and send in an email. And anyone who is interested in doing an iTunes review, I would really appreciate that too. It would be exciting to see some more reviews or possibly some ratings help things move along. And you can leave comments at Podbean, by the way. I read those too. And if you did want to email me, the address is paganspiritualitytoday at gmail, paganspirituality at gmail.com. I intended to speak more on Samhain today, but I think I said the parts that I'm most interested in telling you right now. I feel like at some point in your pagan life, the Sabbath should take on a more individualized meaning for you. And to that end, your Samhain or your Sabbaths may not seem like what other people are doing or perhaps will not look like the general idea of Samhain, but I think that's all right. I think that's a part of the process of growing within your own path. Things have to be as relevant to you personally as possible. Well, that's going to do it for today. I want to thank you all for listening. And I want to encourage you to write me if you get a chance or leave a comment at Podbean or review at iTunes. I will be back again sometime in November. And until then, I hope you are happy, healthy, and have a great sound.